0: Welcome to Let's Talk Tag, the podcast where we talk tag. What we say on here is what you're going to hear. Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to Let's Talk Tag, one-on-one podcast. I have another special guest with me today. I have the one and only Scotty McLeod. How is it down there in, is it Wollongong or Shoal Harbour in this lockdown period?
1: Yeah, Shell Cove, Shell Cove uh, same right. thing, Shell, yeah, Shell Harbour, but a little bit of cabin fever for the last three months, uh, missing family and tag, but um, healthy and probably a couple of love handles growing, but can't wait to get back in the tag field, to be honest.
0: Well, you and Mick Burke together, you better make a phone call to him and see if you both can lose a bit of weight, that's what exactly he said on the one-on-one
1: We've already had that conversation. We look like we're going to be good buddies on the field
0: together, I think. <laughs> well, again, I, I, I'm glad you, you came on for the one-on-one. We, we did have you in episode six, and there's a couple of questions I to, that you've answered already, which we'll, we'll go through together. But um, for, sure. for everyone out there, it, it's like I said, it's the one-on-one. Um, one of the questions that I always ask uh, my guests, uh, when did you get involved in OzTag, uh, And if you can remember the venue and the year.
1: Yeah, I got involved in TAG. I was predominantly a touch footballer. I played for Australia and New South Wales in touch football. So when TAG came along, I, I got involved down at the St George competition with some friends who asked me to come down in my spare time and on spare nights that I wasn't playing and committed to representative and, and park touch and um, started with Dave Carey and, and even yourself. I think you were down there. I was, yep. I was actually playing at that time. I, I actually can't remember when that would have been. It's it probably... I don't know, ninety nine, two thousand, somewhere very early. I was just as a player, not a referee. Mm-hmm. And um, David Carey just one night asked me to fill in a couple of games, and yeah, I was. It was always good to get that extra twenty dollars for three games, sixty dollars a night, and um, I started to enjoy it.
0: Wow, and you were getting you were getting twenty. I think he was paying me ten. Wow, geez, I better talk. Yeah. <laughs> I better, I better, I better talk to Dave Carey about that. In relation to to being a referee, and, and like you said, you, you played. Um, so you played a few games, and Dave got you into refereeing. Um, how long did you do both of them for? Did you do it, you know, play and ref, or did you just decide one day that I'm just going to become a referee?
1: Well, I was only refereeing at um, only refereeing at park level, and um, and I really wanted to to play at a representative level in tag, but that was overpowered, I guess, by my touch footballing commitments. Um, I had a World Cup in in 2003 in Japan with um, the Australian. Uh, with the Scottish uh, men's open team was my last touch football world cup so I played in a, a, a world cup men's open in touch and so I sort of was talking to Bowie at that stage who was well, I was playing park level at Cronulla with guys like Soss and Kegs and and um, and Bowie was there and he sort of said do you want to get involved with a bit of rep touch and, and it, of course at that stage they were playing the same competitions at the same time because there was a bit of friction so Hang on, so you were
0: so you were playing Oztag at St George, but playing touch at, at Cronulla—is that what you said?
1: Oztag uh, at Cronulla. Austag. And Austag. Oh, so you Austag went to Oztag at, at Cronulla
0: as well. Okay, yep.
1: Yep, and I was playing touch for Western Suburbs, and and still at a very high representative level with World Cups and regionals and all that. So, Oztag was sort of a fun with my mate sport, and uh, and I got hooked on it, and then started doing a bit of refereeing, and but I had a couple of state cups, so I think my last state cup I played was um, when I played for Parramatta Men's Open, okay. I think we lost to the suburbs in a semi-final, and um, and I was on the verge of uh, wanting to play for New South Wales, and sort of, as you do, you, you talk to people who you think are the no in the business, and Bowie was a coach at that time, I think, of the Australian Men's. And uh, he said that I should have a run at regionals or national titles um, at that stage with Oztag, and, um, and I ran one nationals. And um, I think in those days, they were picking New South Wales teams by uh, the captains picking who they thought were the best two players in their team. And, um, yeah, I think back
0: in the back in the State Cup days, there was the coaches picked it with a bit of help from a few selectors, but it was mainly the people not. that were running the game. So basically, you played Oztag at St George, Cronulla, and Parramatta. Then, where were yep. you? Where were you um, living at that time?
1: Uh, I would have been living at um, at Picton in in the Camden area.
0: Wow! So you did some kilometres.
1: Yep, yep. As as you know, refereeing for you guys, and and even living in Wollongong, I I sort of still stay faithful. Not so much with Parramatta now, but but certainly with um, Fairfield and, okay. and so, refereed at Bankstown for
0: so some time. So your involvement in OzTag started as a, as a player at St George, yep. and then you became a referee at St George. Then you became a player at Cronulla. Did you referee at Cronulla as well?
1: No, not no, at Cronulla. Just, played at Cronulla. Okay. Just, just to help out the, the St George guys. And okay, cool. And then um, I think I, I did a, a state cup, which was at Cronulla, um, as a referee, purely as a referee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I made a commitment to um, give to the players what I thought a player um, should receive from a referee. And um, and I guess I was a little bit young in my 30s, a lot younger than I am now, but uh, very fit at the time. And um, I think I got seated third. I got the men's Open. I think it was a wet weather weekend, and I got a men's Open uh, State Cup
0: final, in my first State Cup. Okay, so you've, you've jumped the gun again. Well done. You've, you've beaten my question two out there. I love it. So I love when people go ahead of me. So your first State Cup as a referee was at Cronulla? Yep, back in the heyday? Yep. Okay. Yep. And was that asked by, did did Dave Carey put you into that or how did you get, yeah, inv- Dave, how did you get involved Dave in it?
1: Yeah, Dave Carey and um, I, I sort of, I knew of um, Rob Cornish because you obviously bumped Bump shoulders with yep. as a player. I'd yep. gone to a couple of state cups and you're you, you refereed by referees, and all of a sudden I'm in the sheds with those same referees with the Bobby Cummings of the world, and Robbie Cornish, and uh, Russell Johnson. And yeah, so um, I sort of got hooked up with those guys, and then I, I basically didn't like the selection process, which didn't have the same infrastructure as touch football. I thought it was a little bit biased. Um, you know, when you got every captain and every vice captain in a New South Wales team from all the teams, and, um, it wasn't about the balance of teams. And I thought, no, nope, I'll just give, I'll just give Tag a, a hit as a referee and run my own race. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I enjoyed it so much. And to be seated third, I thought, well, um, it urged me competitively. And I think it was in the next nationals. Um, I think I was seated second, or, and then from then on, it was you know thirteen or fourteen years. I was in the two or three referees continuously for quite some time.
0: Okay. That goes to my part B of the question too. Uh, do you remember the first time you went to New Zealand on a tour?
1: Yeah, well, the first tour that I ever went to New Zealand was, uh, I, I guess they well, they sent us over there as, as competing in a World Cup and refereeing in a World Cup. And that was in New Zealand, I think, in 2007. Um, they had a... Uh, yep. A, a simultaneous competition. The fields were sort of tiered, so you had fields at the top of the hill and fields down the bottom, and at the top they were playing uh, their Oceania Pacific teams, mm-hmm. and uh, they had um, a whole lot of games up there as well, so it was sort of the Oceania games as well as the World Cup. And, um, and yeah, that was uh, my first taste of international was in 2007. Excellent.
0: And how many tours, as many people out there that listen probably don't realize but you have refereed 100 test matches so that's a lot of tours and I'm of course some have been in Australia um, especially in the last uh, World Cups a couple of them have been in Australia so mm. that's a lot of New Zealand tours that's a lot of that's a lot of games that you've refereed that's, that's just test matches 100 not including park football any other place that you travel to ta- uh, referee tag no purely um, I didn't do the Irish tours
1: mm-hmm. so I spoke with Rob Cornish and Yep. Russell Johnson, they, were doing, they did the Irish tour. And certainly did, yeah. It, it, it's certainly a lot better um, uh, for everyone, for the teams involved, and it's more financially viable, I guess, the Australian and, and New Zealand propositions for locations, yep. um, although we are trying to expand, which I'm all for. But, um, look, I, it was funny. I walked out my um, uh, hallway at home uh, yesterday and um, – uh, of course, I you offered me to come onto the show, and and I looked at my jersey for my first fifty tests, which um, I had framed and signed by Bill Harrigan and Perry Haddock. And it's funny because it says my first international match was in um, in two thousand and three, and that was in November of two thousand and three when I did my first test series for Australia against New Zealand at Cogger Jubilee Oval. Okay. And And. Um,
0: Okay, so 2003 and then, was the first... So, in what did we do in
1: 2003? That was the Trans-Tasman Test Series between Australia and New Zealand. Okay, in, so um, that was
0: your first one. So, your first tour overseas was 2007 World Cup, but your first Test Series was 2003, okay, at Jubilee, yep. Yep, I'm, yep. I'm, and
1: yep. Uh, I think I did my 50th test, which was in March of 2010. So, I racked up 50 internationals by 2010, and... Mm-hmm. Um, in, in March at North Harbour Stadium in um, in Auckland. And I think my last representative tour in touch football was when I went to New Zealand in 2005. So, like, I was representing Scotland Men's Open and Mixed Open in in touch internationals in 2005 and 2003, yet in 2003 I was already refereeing also internationals in Oztag. Excellent. So I was jugg- juggling both sports.
0: It sounds like – all right. I'll put you, uh, what about a, What about this one? Is, on all the tours that you've done to New Zealand, and I'll, I'll count Australia if we count that because all the referees get together, is there a story that you can uh, share with us that, you know, that we can put on a podcast that is, of course, something funny that happened on tour or anything, in a game or off the field? I, I know a few times I've gone by and you're in the casino with a few of the referees spinning the, 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 the wheel. Uh, is there any, any stories that you could share with the, the listeners?
1: Yeah, I don't know if you're referring to uh, the chocolate wheel, but I'm not a big gambler. But, uh, uh, look, I, Russell Johnson was uh, infamous uh, when we had our sort of nights at the casino. And I know uh, one night we went there and there was Rob Cornish and, and, and Russell and myself. And I think Johnny Moad was with us in them days as well uh, from the Wollongong uh, competitions. Yep. And uh, we, we were trying to, in a pack, chocolate wheel table trying to get get in and place a bet and uh, every time we struggled Russell Johnson would just walk over and whisper in Rob Cornish's in my ear and say can anyone smell petrol and uh, of course he had dropped the thickest and most foul fart you have ever seen in your whole life and I had never ever laughed as hard as I did watching not only people scatter to clear the chocolate wheel table, but even the officials at the chocolate wheel table were holding their noses. And every time it would go away and then the table would start to build up, Russell Johnson would come in and say, can anyone smell petrol and clear the house? And I was in absolute stitches. It's, it's, for me, it's the, the, the greatest laugh in Oztag I've ever had.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Or, or Yeah, go.
1: He was infamous for that. Yeah. But look, I, I guess the greatest story for me in in Auschag was was obviously in that two thousand and seven World Cup when um, when I refereed uh, Tonga, and I think I mentioned this in 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 podcast six, where there was uh, a Tonga versus um, Samoa in a, a semi final, uh, semifinal, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, in those days, they didn't have the the line uh, that drew the line in the sand in regards to competitive harkers, um, and they actually got within 30 centimetres of one another, and these two teams were just absolutely massive, coughing at the mouth, and the, just the passion and the anger, um, and I think I even had, uh, maybe Jason Gillespie was my touch judge on that game, I think we had about six send-offs, about 3 sit bins in the game, and it's probably the most daunting and challenging game I've ever refereed in tag.
0: Okay. Ever. Excellent. Well, I, I think I watched that one. I was sitting on the hill while that happened, but it, it was. there were some big boys in that in that game, I can tell yeah. you. She's yeah. so huge. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, well, my question three, what I usually ask my one-on-one, especially the refs, are rules in the game that you don't like, rules that you might change, uh, anything that you'd like to bring in? And I know in Podcast 6 we, we talked a, about contact and the surrender rule. Um, I was interested in uh, the rule that you you know, a bit of left field bringing in, having uh, point boxes in the corner. I know New Zealand and the, the rest of the world, except for Australia, play the box in the middle. Um, but you're, yep. you're a little bit of a left field person and you thought the boxes on the left and the right side to, you know, get the wingers more involved and stuff like that. So you've pretty much answered, you know, those questions in itself, um, especially on the contact one. I thought that was pretty good. But a rule yep. that you, you don't like... Um, like I said, you brought up in podcast six, and we came up with you know the con- the surrender that you like the surrender because it it helps that contact. So I probably won't ask you any more on on that one. Um, just we're just recouping on, on what we said in six. But a question I do have for you that you can answer is, you have refed a lot of games, and I'm I'm talking this doesn't have to be a World Cup, and it doesn't definitely have to be a, a trans Tasman or anything and domestic. <clears throat> but is there a, is there any of them stand out for any particular reason? I mean, you you said that game then with the Harker and stuff like that, but is there anything that stands out for any other particular reason? It can be a domestic game.
1: No, there there is one game, and and that was a and and I'm not really good for for years that things happen. I mean, when it's been such a long time, and and you're refereeing five games a night, and you're doing four games a night religiously, and just love and breathe the sport, you. It's really about servicing players on the day. So I, I don't sort of have many milestones. But the one game that probably stands out for me, which was the most exciting and one where I was really nervous about making a decision, even though it was a decision in a critical time that I thought had to be made, was a mixed open State Cup final in Tamworth, where I believe it got down to a drop-off um and that was with, I think, um, Cap Collins and Scotty Bald was playing. And and um, there was, I think it got down to, was it five on five? And it's the only time, I think, that you're allowed to have a minimum of less than five players is if it's in a drop-off situation where you can actually send off a player. And uh, there was a professional foul where I had to, the sin being a player to make it five on four. Mm-hmm. And the team that had five players gained the advantage from uh, the shortfall against the four defenders and they failed to score. And the team with four players actually won the game, attacking against five players. Um, and I think that was Kath Collins' team that did that with Scotty Borg. Mm-hmm. MacArthur, it would have been. Yes.
0: Back in the and, old. Uh, you are showing your yeah. age now. Yep.
1: When I sat in and, and everyone was blowing up and, and I knew a decision had to be made and I'm thinking, do I leave it even and not create an imbalance here or do I have to go what I firmly believe? And just, to, just I guess you get that little internal giggle and goosebumps when you go, oh my God, and you're actually enjoying the game like a spectator even though you're refereeing it. Having awarded that last try in that game, um, that's that's probably the most memorable game ever for me.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that brings me on to the next one then in relation to all the games you refereed. And this, again, can be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Any any players that stand out uh, in any division that you refereed? Because, like I said, you've done every game, so every division. Is there any players yep. uh, that kind of stand out for any particular reason?
1: Yeah, look, Um. Uh, obviously the Cat Collins. And um, I, I did a lot of refereeing in the Picton area, so I, I watched um, – um, a young lady by the name, Nikki Mallum. Um, she actually started playing tag and, and I watched her go into a representative player and then represented her at, um, at a very high level. Um, so I really, really enjoyed uh, those two women. They were um, really a great pleasure and probably two of the most politest players, mm-hmm. uh, never, ever caught in a fracas of any sort. Um, and but true true competitors and, and always um, uh, played uh, well above their punching levels. They would um, be as my
0: as far... if you ask me who my first two ball players would be in a starting team for an Australian side, you'd just name the, those two. It'd be Cavcombs oh, yeah. and, and Nikki would have been my first two. But anyway, sorry, yeah. let's continue.
1: Yep. And um, of course for guys, well um I love I love refereeing Scotty Borg. I think um, Scotty Borg's always been for me the player that that stands out. As uh, being the the best player um, and the most the, the play that I most enjoyed watching while you're refereeing, mm-hmm. um, yep. if that makes it doesn't mean you're not focusing on your job. But there are players you just like watching their craftsmanship, and uh, and I think Borgie is uh, a real craftsman at what he does, but a great sportsmanship. He does it with um, out antagonism, um, and there's sheer class in what he does. So, and I must say, from a player's point of view, one other player that I really I adore watching them playing and, and I guess it's from a an emotional point of view is, is my sister Samantha, represented Australia in New Zealand in 2001 with the mixed open team. She certainly did, I was the manager, yep. Yep, and uh, for me there's nothing nothing makes you more proud than seeing uh, your younger sister, 11 years you're younger and you're in the sport and, and everyone appreciates you, appreciates you for your profile in the sport and what you do but not a lot of people know that my sister played for Australia and and, it, and had those achievements, and I was I was actually more proud of her achievements than my own achievements, to be honest. So, um, the last thing I just want to say about achievements is, is um, even now at uh, fifty three it was, I'm fifty five now, but in 2019 I went over to New Zealand, and the actual uh, and it's funny after all of the test matches and international matches that I've done, which is I guess well over a hundred. Um, uh, another milestone was the last international match that I have done was in 2019 in the Oceania um, Opens over in New Zealand, and I actually refereed as a buddy with a fellow from Japan who couldn't speak a word of English, and his name was Takanari Nakata, and he refereed his first ever international Oztag game, and he had toured over from uh, Japan to come over to the Oceania tournament. Mm-hmm as a referee, and they gave me the opportunity to referee his first international match with him, and he was aged 53 at the time. To see someone that was at 53, an infant of our game, and see the big smile on his face trying to communicate with people and and, and direct them in a field of traffic on a game of Oztag, uh, just to see that enjoyment um, is, is what our game's all about. Exactly. So even at, even at the tail end, you can still achieve milestones um, that are beyond belief. That can, and that's what our sport's about.
0: Hundred percent. He was a true gentleman, that little man. He was—he's so cute. He was very. Uh, <laughs> he's just, yeah. You just want to hung him.
1: Okay. Yeah, I wasn't the cute one of that part. <laughs> of <people.
0: laughs> uh, all right. So, one last question before you go: uh, the yep. best thing that you like about tag, if any, and something you don't like about
1: it, if any. Um, there's not much I don't like about OzTag. Um, I probably coming from touch football or other sports, I, I probably be, would like to see greater uh, infrastructure and um, and and I, I think we're for me personally, I think we're a, a little stale. Um, I and and some would say that we're we're peaked. Um, I've watched touch football fall away. So for me, I, I would hate to see um, us feel comfortable where we're at, I'd like to see the initiatives and infrastructure in our game result in another spurt or another dimension or another growth of our game, Um, whether it's changing rules, whether it's changing bodies, whether it's changing um, uh, any part of our sport. But I really would like to see our sport take off again, and I feel that sometimes that we all just take our sport for granted. And once we do that, um, it'll either die, like touch football did, Um, or um, it's just not going to grow. And uh, I think there's an opportunity for us to kickstart the sport and take it to another dimension. I think that's what they're doing, taking the sport over uh, to uh, Ireland for the the next World Cup. Um, But I'm not sure that's going to promote the volume of players to to have our sport grow into the next 10 years as a, a legitimate sport rather than just something we're all comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I think – yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But, I mean, the ITF has – you know, there's there's six countries on the board and, you know, we've discussed it on the podcast before and we probably all agree that New Zealand's probably the place to have it. But, you know, you've got plenty of time. If you wanted to represent Australia and I think it couldn't come at a perfect time, we've been locked down for so long. We know the World Cup's in 2023. Start saving if you think you're good enough to make an Australian side. You've got the 2022 November to be picked. You got plenty of time to put ten bucks aside. No, it's hard. Put a dollar a week, whatever it may be. Um, but you'll have time to go. It's it's going to be a ripper of a tournament. Um, most of it's pretty cheap, besides the airfares, because they're looking after you over there. And if anyone yep. that's been on a tour over there, they look after you like there's no tomorrow. So it's it's going to be um, uh, it's going to be a ripper. But uh, right, we'll look at been we'll uh,
1: yeah, have... be out the
0: I've got to go somehow, so I'll be a water boy or a, or a, a referee <laughs> or something. I don't know. I've just I'm got to be in someone's suitcase. But, um, again, I really, really appreciate you uh, coming on. Um, I yep, hope everything... The end. one thing
1: that I do love about the sport, Scotty, mm. um, is is that the sport has saved my life in many times. To be involved in such a great sport, uh, we all have our personal issues. We have hard days at work. We have family issues. We have things to get us down. People are suffering you know, depression and and self-esteem issues and that. But, you know, to walk away from all of those things and get involved in Oztag, every single time my life has been at its lowest ebb, I've gone away to a tournament or gone away to Oztag on on a, a Tuesday or Wednesday night at St George or Parramatta or wherever I'm refereeing and just met people that put their hand out, shake your hand, great sportsmanship with a smile on their face and appreciate you for, for who you are and uh, and it's the best remedy for the rest of life that's a low point um, tag has always made me come home feeling a far better person and far more privileged in life and, and I've got a lot to thank the sport for um, more on that personal level and that's, that's why I love it. Perfect.
0: Okay. Well, that was well finished. I appreciate it. Again, thank you for coming on. Look after yourself and hopefully uh, we'll be back in tag and hopefully by November. I was hoping October, but it, it doesn't look that good. So November will be the go and uh, we'll get you back out there referee, and doing what you do best.
1: Absolutely. Look forward to it, Scotty. And thank
0: you for your time. No worries. Take care. Everybody out there, I really, really appreciate you listening. Take care and we'll talk very, very soon.